Trending News right now. This terrific Tuesday, we'll take a look at what's happened in the world of social media the last 24 hours, that is, joined by Busisiwe Khatebe, Senior Producer at SABC Digital News and Social Commentator. How are you today, Khatebe? I'm good, Asa. How are you? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to the listeners. <laughs> awesome stuff. How was the weekend? It was good. Very relaxed. Um, yeah. It was very relaxed, um, nothing hectic. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent it with family, so yeah, it was very good. Nice weather as well that we had. It's a lovely weather, and it's getting, but it changed a bit um, later on yesterday, becoming a bit more windy. I don't know if it's still windy right now in the morning. Yeah, well, we'll see anyway. Uh, but let's talk today, hashtag uh, EFF leader. Uh, Julius Malema is suing the Patriotic Alliance Deputy President, Kenny Kunene, and uh, he's suing him for calling him, uh, and I quote, an irritating cockroach. This was during a TV interview. Let's hear more on this. Yes, so um, Malema is saying that, you know, uh, by uh, Kenny Kunene calling him an irritating cockroach, um, it, it, it amounts to hate speech. And, you know, he's saying that, you know, if he doesn't retract, then he must, you know, pay up. I think he's suing like one million rand. And his basis is that um, there was a time during, uh, I think, the parliament debates, uh, the then Speaker of the National Assembly, Balagan Bete, had called Julius um, a cockroach, but then she apologized and retracted. So Julius is saying if she could do it, why can't Kenny Kunene uh, do the same thing? So when did he say this, Kenny Kunene? I understand it was during a television interview, but uh, what was happening at the time? It was during the 2021 uh, local elections. Um, and um, the reason why Kenny actually called Julius, what he called him, was because Julius made, um, you know, uh, some, 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 um, reference to their new party that he had uh, formed with Gates and McKenzie, the Patriotic Alliance, saying that, you know, it it was just uh, bandits. Uh, the people leading the party are bandits, um, you know, relating to the fact that, you know, they've spent some time in prison. And Kunene, you know, didn't take that, uh, you know, lying down. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, he was just like insulting him and saying um, what he called him. And the reason he also says that he, the reason he used the term cockroach is because for him, anything that is irritating is like a cockroach and uh, Malema is irritating. Konene had previously said that he won't apologize. So what could change now in your view? So I, I don't know what could change, but, you know, with Malema approaching the courts, uh, maybe then, you know, he wants um, a formal judgment um, rather than just saying apologize and then someone saying, I don't want to apologize. So if it comes from court and there is a judgment in his favor, then, you know, he will be compelled to apologize. But, you know, Kunene was still going on um, on his social media and also mm-hmm. outside courts saying, you know, um, he's not going to retract what he said. Um, And he's saying that courts have said that this is not hate speech. And he's also mentioning, Asa, why is Malema acting this way when he's also, I think a while back, he called Helen Zilla a cockroach himself. What is this cockroach term that everybody keeps throwing (laughs) at each other? Imagine, out of all things. Like what? What is going on? 
<laughs> so, you know, it's, it's politicians, you know, um, you know, fighting amongst each other. You know, people, people are just irritated with this. Uh, some people are irritated with it, you know, like instead of focusing on serious issues, you're busy taking each other to court over this name calling and, you know, something, you know, Malema, call it, it's the pot calling the kettle black. Um, he's made a lot of insults previously for against different people. So why is this one so dear, near and dear to him? And maybe that is the point, to touch someone's feelings, because I call someone a cockroach, that's not just an irritating pest, it's also a, a disgusting pest. Maybe you could call a mosquito or an ant. <laughs> no, that's, that's some, irritating. People, <laughs> some people will not take kindly to being called uh, mosquitoes. But I think, uh, so his argument also, uh, Malena's argument is that um, in, in Rwanda, the Tutsis were called cockroaches and that led to a genocide. So he's saying this term is heavy and um, you can't just call people willy-nilly uh, such a term which has, you know, a, a, a terrible history attached to it in our continent. Yeah, in that context, it becomes absolutely unacceptable. One thing is, yes. is to be offensive, but then to link it to something that is, you know, going to be a pain for the African continent for years and years to come yeah. that we can never forget. That's another. Kunene yeah. also said during that interview, and we're going to take a short break and then maybe just talk on that finally, because uh, I'm being counted down here in studio. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> that, during that interview, Kunene also said that he would deal with Malema and that he would expose him. So any leads to what he meant by that? Let's discuss that after this short break. Stay with us on uh, Sound Awake. At 21 minutes past four, we continue our chat with Musisiwe Khatebe, senior producer at SABC Digital News and social commentator. Just a final one then on that hashtag EFF leader one, uh, a trending topic. Uh, Kenny Kunene saying also that he will deal with Malema and will expose him. What could he have meant by that? I think he means that you know he 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 possibly has some 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 skeletons. He knows of some skeletons of Malema, and um, that maybe he wouldn't want to be publicised. Um, you know, we we do see on a regular basis that these politicians sometimes you know they hang out together, do things together, even though you know um, on TV and radio they'll start calling each other things. But uh, he probably has some things against Malema. He probably has ammunition against or a counter a counter charge against Malema. We want to we want to see because you know as I even mm. said outside court that um, he avoided, uh, Gunene said he avoided wrestling with the, the pig in the mud, but the pig has called me to the mud. You know, so he's still continuing with the name calling and different with different animals. So, yeah, so it's not just a cockroach, it's a pig now. Okay, let's move on then. Uh, talking the DA appealing Mkwebane ruling and uh, also Ramaphosa about to do the same. So this is on a high court ruling that found Ramaphosa's suspension of Mkwebane to be tainted by reasoning that he was uh, biased because of her investigation of Palapala. The DA now uh, wants to appeal. Yes, so they want to overturn um, the, the High Court's judgment. Um, they they appealing, up there, I beg your pardon, the High Court judgment, which overturned the suspension uh, by President Ramaphosa against uh, Busisiwa Mkwebane. And they saying that, you know, um, for it to be overturned, it, it, it invalidates Mkwebane's suspension and um, that, you know, Ramaphosa was in the wrong. So they say no, 
they want to 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 go to the constitutional courts against the high court's decision to allow her to return to the office. And over the weekend, there are reports that she couldn't even go to her office because now they have to wait for the constitutional courts um, because of the DA case. Is that why then Kwebane is accusing the DA of trying to prevent her from resuming her duties? This is a delay tactic in her view instead of one that of support. Yes. So she's she's seeing this as a delay tactic um, because, you know, she was suspended in June already as a, uh, the 9th of June. It's been a while. And, you know, she hasn't been able to go to the office and she's also busy with the parliamentary inquiry. So, you know, she wants, she wants, she says she wants to get on to work. There's a lot of cases, you know, that needs to be attended to, but um, this, this is causing a problem for her. So that's why she also has uh, uh, approached the high courts asking that the suspension be declared invalid, not just to be overturned, but to be declared invalid so that she can go back to work. And now President Ramaphosa is said to still be applying his mind on the issue. What are your thoughts on that? Any chances that uh, this will be concluded on his side? I mean, there's also the elections coming in December. I'm wondering if uh, his plate is not full with all of that. His plate is really full, especially also with the Palapala saga that is still ongoing, you know, um, and also the race to 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 get another term as the president of the ANC. Um, but you know, as the, the his team said, he's still applying his mind, and you know he will make known what he 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 will, he will do about you know the suspension being overturned and the implications of it. So we wait and see. But then now we just have to now focus then on the constitutional court and what they will rule since now the DA, you know, has, has um, approached them regarding Umkweban. All right. Also in the country, there's been a second death now reported from a rare yeah. syndrome linked to COVID-19 vaccine. This syndrome called GBS or Julian Barr syndrome. Yes. <laughs> it is. You said it right. Okay. I was hoping I was going to get it correctly. <laughs> What's happening now? Goodness. Yeah, so um, SAPA said um, in a statement that, you know, it's been recently informed of a second death. So it's the same as the first death, which was in August last month. Um, it was also the same, synd- uh, the same syndrome GPS um, after receiving the Johnson & Johnson Janssen back COVID-19 vaccine. So I, I guess the, the two people got complications from the vaccine and then the complications were the GPS, um, which is a, it, it, it affects the nerves. It's a neuro, neurological um, uh, disease and it affects the nerves and it can be life-threatening. So which vaccine is, is, is leading to GPS? Is it all the nine that uh, were approved by the WHO? So far, it's the, uh, for the two cases that we know of that have passed on, it's the Johnson & Johnson Janssen uh, COVID-19 vaccine. So we haven't heard about the other vaccines. So far right now, it is the Johnson & Johnson one. Okay. And, you know, interesting enough, before it was even administered um, a while back, um, overseas, there were people actually complaining about the, the, the similar same vaccine um, leading to GPS, other people leading to Bell's palsy, leading to different neurological um, conditions and diseases. But, you know, obviously it's a vaccine and 
not everyone is going to react to it um, the same way as uh, um, vaccines are like that. So we'll take the blame here because now I'm foreseeing, you know, court cases after court cases, being people being sued. The the producers of the vaccine, those who approved it and told us to go and, and get vaccinated, even governments who were, you know, even putting in a certain, a certain um, what do you call it, certain things to encourage us to go vaccinate. At some point, we couldn't even go to stadiums and all that. Who Who would be held responsible? Who would be sued for those um, families who are suffering from this now? Remember, I saw they, 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 there were terms and there were, what was said initially is that if you do get the vaccine, it's at your own um, at your own decision and you can't really hold anyone uh, reliable. But that is a very important question now that as people are coming up. Uh, mm, because we were assured the, that they are safe. Yeah. Yes, we were assured that they were safe um, and that, you know, nothing would happen. But now there's two deaths. And um, so, you know, SAPA is saying they're still investigating. And um, they, they did say, you know, uh, obviously there's, there's, you know, there is some risks and stuff involved, but they are investigating. And that, you know, it's a rare, um, it's one of the rare cases where someone will actually, um, you know, get GBS uh, from, 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 from the vaccine because both these patients did not have GBS when they went to get the vaccine. Mm. Yeah. So it was it was vaccine induced. So it would be very interesting to see who gets uh, who is liable. Is it the, 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 the presidency, the state, is it uh, SAPRA because you know they, they they endorsed the vaccines or is it the vaccine manufacturer? Mm. More conspiracy theories I also foresee coming from this, you know. Think so going to be many, fueled even more. So yeah. many. Okay, let's talk about Africa's first hydrogen power plant. This is to produce electricity by 2024. It's going to be stationed in Namibia. Asa, why can't South Africa, you know, just, <laughs> just <laughs> going through this, I was like, it's, it wasn't even expensive. So it's a partnership between a, a French independent power producer mm. called HDF Energy and Namibia, next door, Asa, just next door. Mm. Um, so it's, it costs uh, around 3.1 billion rand. Mm. You know, and this project will supply clean electricity power 24 hours a day, all year round. And it will boost also electricity supply to Namibia because they import around 40% of its power from us, South Africa. So this is going to assist them. And this is 2024, which is it's just around the corner. Imagine 24 hours a day, all year round. And they, they call this um, clean electricity power because of the hi- hydrogen mm. that um, they are using. Okay, so hydrogen is categorized as green when it comes to these matters of energy. Yes. So, so then so, could this position, yeah? No, continue, Asa, continue. Could this position Namibia then as the continent's renewable energy hub? I think it should, Asa, and we should learn from them, actually. You know, it would be mm. great that, you know, we see how it goes with them and we learn from them and implement such 
um, in our country and other countries on the continent, it would be great not to just rely on the power utility, which is always breaking down or having constraints. And you when know, we tell you how much has been spent on fixing the generators and all of that maintenance and, and, and things, it's definitely not $3.1 billion. Yes, and the, and the electricity uh, bill keeps going up. NASA approved a hike. For what? And as you mentioned, $3.1 billion. Come on, Asa. I think we can afford that. Yeah. Okay, ending off on uh, world matters then, the uh, ascension of King Charles III. It's leading to renewed calls in the Caribbean nations to remove the monarch as their head of uh, state. Do we see this as a sign of hostility or a move towards more independence for these states? More independence, Asa. Mm. They've been under the, the, the British uh, rule for so long. And for them, they see it as a complete independence, you know, so so that they can also just run their own show and not just have the monarch being, you know, um, presiding over them and all of that. I see this as a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's never too late, but, you know, 2022, so long. But, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing. Um, even, you know, the the what's this, uh, Jamaica also, they're they, they looking into that. They're also looking into, you know, being uh, free from the monarch. And, yeah, there are some countries that that will continue, you know, such as Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and many others. But these uh, few other countries, you know, they, they want freedom, complete independence, mm. and they want change. Jamaica had held a survey in August as well, with which shared that about I think fifty six percent of the population was in favour of the removal yeah. of the British monarch as the head of state. So it's not just uh, uh, Jamaica, but we understand there are other Commonwealth countries that are considering change. Yes, and the royals did say that they will not stand in anyone's way if that is what they really want, which is good. It's good to hear that. Um, but I don't think they really have much of a choice in this day and age. They can't just, you know, be like, no, um, this cannot be. There are laws now. There's, you know, there are courts that one can approach. And, yeah, it's 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 good. Mm. It's a, I think it's a very good decision for the countries to move forward and, you know, to be to stand on their own. Okay, well, that, I guess, uh, will show us later in terms of what mean, what it means for the future of the monarchy in uh, yeah. some former colonies, but even just generally the future of the monarchy there. But uh, that's a, a debate and analysis for another day. Let's leave it on that note. Uh, Wussi, thanks so much for joining us. Always great catching up with you. I'm so glad you're back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back, Asa. <laughs> <laughs> you must have a terrific Tuesday. Thank you, you too, and everyone else. Thank you. Wusisiwe Khatebe is SABC Digital News Senior Producer and uh, Journalist and Social Commentator.